ora, I'm Johnny Blades. You're with the House. More valedictory speeches are being delivered this week in Parliament as a number of MPs sign off on their careers in politics. And like we heard in last week's valedictories, the adversarial style of politics that has become standard in Parliament was in the firing line. Noting how the culture of the country has changed, Labour's Emily Henderson, the MP for Whangare, warned about the division caused by politicians through race-baiting and dog-whistling to extremism. Normally, extremism rolls right off New Zealanders, but this is a time of heightened anxiety when many voters are undeniably on edge, struggling to come to terms with an uncertainty we haven't had to face since the 1930s. Scared people notoriously seek scapegoats. And it's the easiest and oldest trick in the book to tap into that fear and prejudice and drive a wedge into the community. I would not suggest anyone in here is about to jump the conspiracy bandwagon. But in an election year, there's a temptation to at least try and tap into some of that energy. It's there when politicians start using the language of taking back our country from minorities. It's there when politicians ignore the actual facts and instead go around telling people that they're unsafe and crime is out of control. And when confronted, that the facts don't matter as much as the fears. It's there when politicians start saying the apocalypse is nigh because we're about to put two of our official languages on street signs, even when their leader led the charge to turn our major carrier into a hotbed of bilingualism. (laughs) Demonising the neighbours is as simple as turning a deeply boring bit of legislation about pipes into a crusade against overreaching Māori. The temptation to divide in order to rule is clearly present, and it is a danger. And every time someone in leadership weaponises the power of that scapegoating against whatever people, it licences some unbalanced person to take their frustrations out on an actual person. We need a new way to debate this. We need a politics that doesn't play games with people's emotions. We need a politics that isn't afraid to lead from the front. We need a politics that isn't afraid to admit solutions are complicated, that isn't afraid to make tough decisions and trust us to catch up. We need a politics that has more respect for the people it serves, for our intelligence, for our realities, for our futures. Earlier in her speech, Henderson pointed out that she is part of the most gender-equal Māori Pacifica rainbow inclusive government ever in this country. And her point was underlined by the next valedictory speaker, Māngari MP Aupito William Seo of Labour, who entered the chamber in traditional Samoan attire. I'm also in my traditional attire because I want to give confidence to the people who look like me, tall, dark and handsome. (laughs) that they can know that they too can be standing where I'm standing and to be proud of who they are and to not be afraid to claim the right to sit at the table decision-making at all levels of Aotearoa. I, I stand proudly this way to make a statement for the sake of Pacific youth of Aotearoa. I am showing them that it is okay to be different. 
that they can be proud of their cultural heritage even if they are just half and half or quarter like many of my nieces and nephews and my grandchildren. That is okay to be a member of the rainbow community too. Alpito Williams' career has brought breakthroughs for the Pacifica community and one of them was ushering in a new drive for this country to face up to its past mistakes in the Pacific Islands. The New Zealand colonial administrators did more harm during their colonial rule from 1914 to 1962. They forced my ancestors off their lands in Satapala village to build an airport for the war. There are horrible stories of rape and pillage and killings that the late chief shared with me. There was the deliberate infection of the local population when on 7 November 1918, the New Zealand military administration controlling Samoa, led by Colonel Robert Logan, made the deadly decision to knowingly allow the ship Dalune, which was carrying Spanish influenza, to dock at Apia. The results were catastrophic, wiping out over a quarter of Samoa's population and decimating entire families and villages. Colonel Logan refused the offer of medical help from Tutuila, American Samoa. When the local Samoan leaders protested and revived the Mo movement, they were banished from Samoa. They were taken and imprisoned some in Mount Eden. Many were stripped of their Samoan Matai titles and moved off their land. When they were in Mount Eden, Māori visited them and gave aid. Then there was the horrific shooting by New Zealand military police on the Mau independence demonstrators in Apia, where 11 Samoans were shot to death, including the independence leader of High Chief Tupuata Masisile Rofi III. Prime Minister Helen Clark apologised in 2002 for the wrongs and harms caused during New Zealand's colonial rule. More must be done. It is not for Samoa to ask for it. It is for New Zealand to right those wrongs tangibly. This is the history that I hope will now be taught in our schools as part of New Zealand's history curriculum. By teaching this history, New Zealand can become a better country by understanding the mistakes they've made in the past and future generations can learn not to keep repeating the folly of past governments. Climate change still remains the single biggest security threat in the Pacific and will remain so. More must be done. We save ourselves when we save the Pacific. And from there, singing by Alpito's many supporters filled the chamber and the departing MPs were surrounded and congratulated by colleagues. As usual, Pacifica and Māori MPs led the way with dancing and clapping along. And it has to be said, there's not many parliaments around the world where MPs dance together and pull it off. You've been listening to The House, a programme made possible with funding from Parliament's Office of the Clerk. Matewa.